I'm full of apples and I'm ready to go. Stop trying to stop trying to be pithy at the start. You, I will never. Take it never it. works. I know. <laughs> it never works. So, this is the worst day. To not be able to come here. Yeah. Be like, give me I have all of this shit and all I'm right. stuck over here right. because my car has a light that looks like an engine and it won't shut off. And I don't know what it means. Fucking car. Welcome to the whip around where pedestrians always have the right of way because it's <laughs> Phil. And yeah. I'm Sean Hayes and I do weird news and especially macabre weird news and especially, especially macabre weird news with my friend who on the internet. Phil Laporta, doctor, I do the science and I do not currently have a fully operational automobile. Yeah. And um, my day sucks. My day sucks. So neither. So you're kind of. <laughs> Not good. And it, but Phil and I are getting along like gangbusters. So, <laughs> Phil, doesn't it sound like we're gangbusters at this point in the history of the human race? Does feel like it's like people who go around crusading to break up orgies? Does it not? Gangbusters? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It yeah. sounds like a kind of thing that you might want to do. Right. Well, now I know what's up with you. <laughs> Jeez. I ain't afraid of no group sex. <laughs> Splatter? Yeah, I am. Got worse. I ain't afraid of no pink eye. Oh, only if you're doing it really wrong. Well, I don't know what's going on in there. What's up with you? As I mentioned, I have no car. Uh, Otherwise, that's pretty much colored my whole day. Yeah. Like it would be. Otherwise, it would be a a, just a fine, normal Monday. What else, though? I mean, what? There's got to be something good. No, <laughs> getting ready to go back to school. There is nothing good about there, that. There truly isn't. No, it's 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 dark. It looks like it's going to rain. Although, you know what? The temperature is down. There, I found the silver lining. You happy? What's up with you? Well, I I'm not happy. Um, mostly because uh, I, Phil, uh, have had a shitty day. It's one <laughs> of those days where. You it's go to synergy. where you go to take the garbage bag liner out of the garbage can, but it won't come out. And you pull and you pull it, and then it's in, it's like set inside of a thing. You know our garbage situation. Yeah. So you pull it up, and then the garbage can itself is like, well, then let's all leave. And then you're like, no. And then the smell is coming out, and then you're like pulling and tugging on it, you know. Trying to dislodge it, and the garbage can is like, I'm going to hit your knees now with my... (laughs) This sounds like a job for gangbusters. With my garbage, and then you just keep on drinking it up, and then finally it comes loose, and the garbage can tumbles down, but now you're pissed. You can't help yourself, and so you you discipline it because it needs to learn, because the garbage can is not going to win, and so you kick it, and then it skids across the floor, bangs a little bit into your stove, and like the bottom panel of your stove like falls open and then you see all the gunk that's been in under your stove. There's like a carrot and a, and like an old balloon in there somehow. And call gangbusters. That's what, that's what it sounds like you need right now. Hypoth. I mean, you know, it's, I'm saying it's one of those hypothetical (laughs) days. 
Get that garbage can off the tracks. Choo choo, the weird is coming through. It's time for train wreck headlines. Yep. I've got one, two, three, four, five headlines from the week's news and a six, but the sixth one is fake. So it's just the one, two, three, four, five real headlines. Spot the fake, win the day. Those green apples are working wonders. <laughs> it's amazing. Did we talk about that after we started, or is that left no, off? No, we're just we're, we're Phil gonna had green one. apples, so because it'll help the stickiness in his vo- his voice, which is why his segue there worked so well. Thank you. <laughs> Ukrainian fishing operation uncovered by workers at fish hatchery. Man claiming to be Jesus stabs three in home near Pittsburgh. Utah resident demands that Governor Cox change his obscene last name. In an apparent revenge attack, a drunk man bites a venomous baby snake and dies. Woman using gun's laser sight to play with cat shoots friend. And man's handwriting so bad, bank staff didn't know he was trying to rob them. All right. I love I'm these. I'm afraid you know these at this speed. Ukrainian fishing operation undercover. Uh, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about anything about me at that speed, Phil, because you're not there. Ukrainian fishing operation undercover. Uh, one more time. Ukrainian- <laughs> We're Ukrainian again well oiled by workers at fish hatchery. Man claiming to be Jesus Step three in home near Pittsburgh. Utah resident demands that Governor Cox changes obscene last name. In apparent revenge attack, drunk man bites venomous baby steak and dies. Woman using guns, laser sight, play with cat, shoots friend. Man's handwriting so bad, bank staff doesn't know he was trying to rob him. Now I'm doing one of these. I had a feeling you might. I'm doing one of these in in the cabinet. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean Sean's cabinet in the macabre? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> We're both spoiling the show. Spoiler, spoiler. So down, to, so down to five. Rosebud was his dead grandmother. Yeah. Now I had heard, I think, of another two of these. I I think it could be the Sean effect. We've seen that happen. Right. Can I have the uh, what's the Utah one again? The governor. Utah resident demands that Governor Cox change his obscene last name. Okay. If you would like a spelling, the last name is C O X. That's what I was picturing. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Uh, can I? All right. And then what's the second last one? Woman using guns laser sight to play with cat <laughs> shoots friend. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, I'm I'm have to choose between the two of these, and it's interesting because they're both Americana. Like it's both like what's wrong with our with our country? <laughs> Here's doors number one and two. Is Utah more fucked up or fucking guns? God or guns? God, which do I cling to, Phil? <laughs> my, my Bible or my gun? Let me say that I think that the fakest one is the obscene last name. No. Uh, he, he actually posted the letter on Twitter from from some, from a, con- a concerned citizen. An asshole. Uh, it's it's his last name and it's only dirty cuz you think it is, person. Well, it's also dirty cuz Cox or you know, come on. <laughs> we all, we, somebody had to say it but not like that. And well, was it the other one I picked? A uh, woman using guns laser sight to play with cat shoots friend. That was fresh as of two days ago. Oh, I she survived. God's sake. Well, it... which one did you think? Which two do you think you heard about other than obviously the one that you're doing? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Was it the first one? Yes. The fishing operation. Yeah, covered by the fishing and fishing. Shit. Shit. Well, well yeah. done, Phil. Well done. Uh, I, that woman that shot the friend, as soon as I read that, I laughed my ass off. And you know what? If she didn't make it, she would end up in Sean's cabinet of the macabre. That's weird. Only in one way, Phil, in, in, in as much as 
she's dead. But we don't take kindly to cat abusers and playing with a fucking gun with and a cat. Cat. Yeah, asshole. Friend. And what bothers me about that in particular, Phil, the the, the the you know the veracity of the story notwithstanding, what bothers me about it is that the cat had no chance. Right, the cat the who was closer to nature did not have a chance here. You know, it's to get true. involved. It's a lady. It's a laser pointer. Shoots the friend. She could have shot the cat. The cat's just passively you know, there. You know, and unfortunately, because the friend is a much larger, you know, animal, yeah. probably a way better chance of surviving. There's no yeah. way that cat would have gotten hit right. and, you know, made it. So, right, yeah, right. this is awful on every level. Which, it, and, you know, we have not met before, have we? Um, no. Because I didn't know that Phil was going to be bringing that one in. But, uh, it, you know, I've got some natural vengeance as a little theme here, Phil. I've got a pair. I have a pair of short oh. stories, both true. I've got two stories. Uh, one is true, but the other one is true. Spot the fake and bend reality. Um, <laughs> both recent stories, both showcasing the raw power of nature over our silly little lives. Hi, Bell. Mother Gaia. How she loves to raise us up only to tear us down. And yet we here in the McCabinet, well, we salute you for that, Mother Nature. Knowing one day, one day, you shall mule kick each of us as you have done the poor fools below. And, you know, I dedicate this one to that poor cat who was just trying to have a good time and witnessed, uh, uh, I guess, manslaughter, I guess. You know, with a lot, uh, with, uh, aggravated assault, assault with a deadly weapon, possibly. Aggravated. Accidental. Aggravated. Can you have accidental assault? Because she's wiggling? Does that make it aggravated? Because <laughs> you were trying to make the cat jump, that's aggravated. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. Macabre, damn it. Get that kitten out of here. Too cute. It's going to be dead someday, though. Number one, number one, ride the lightning, my friends. First, let me say uh, for all the for all the press that Friday the Thirteenth, um, the day, the tradition, the ominous calendar thing, not the delightful, Plastic. not the delightful movie series, but Friday the Thirteenth for all of its press, uh, Thursday the twelfth can prove plenty unlucky itself. Oh dear. You know, a lot of people will even joke about Saturday the 14th. It's like when you have to clean up all the mess. Saturday the 12th, it's a sleeper killer, man. Uh, behold the events at New York State's Orchard Beach this last Thursday the 12th of August. This is super fresh. Okay. I'm telling you. Things were all idyllic and lovely that day at the beach with, uh, you know, lots of folks on hand to enjoy the heat and the sand and the water and whatever people who like being outside at the beach on the ground in the heat do. Uh, Ew, gross. Feeling alive, I guess. Whatever. But no. the skies above the Bronx area beach suddenly rapidly went dark last Thursday afternoon with thunder just growling its way inland faster than the beachgoers could scramble away from the ever choppier water. Now, this was a surprise storm. This was not forecast. So lest we roll our eyes at them for all okay. they knew, this was they were they were all right. Okay. And, and, and so in that panicked escape, that's when Stacy Saldivar, a 13-year-old girl, very nearly died. As she uh, sped away from the water's edge with her family, she says she watched as this lightning bolt, this blazing tongue of lightning, just lashed the beach directly in front of her. Like, she basically saw the sand kind of 
boom, from a lightning strike. And she said, quote, I passed out and then I was shaking and blood started coming out of my mouth. There was this man that was giving me compressions. Um, less lucky were the, were the at least six others who were victim to like one or more bolts. As we know, lightning can fork go through things and fork things. So whether or not it was multiple strikes or whatever, I don't know. But six others, at least six that I identified with their ages that I'll leave off their ages. They, they ranged from like, I think, sure. 60 to in the, in the teens. Uh, but anyway, left it all six other people uh, went, you know, scurrying through the sand only to be pinpointed and lanced by Zeus or what have you. Uh, all of those six and Ms. Saldivar were sent to the hospital. Uh, the, the six, I think, were treated for burns. Saldivar, because it blew up in front of her and basically just fucked with her brain, I guess. Uh, no burns, but... You know, all the others, again, lightning-related injuries. And the worst sure. case of all was young Carlos Ramos, 13-year-old Bronx kid who was struck directly. And uh, he died Friday the 13th at Jacoby Medical Center. And um, oh, no. while this sort of thing is rare, climate experts and meteorologists agree that the intense heat in the area helped the storm move quickly and come on unexpectedly and gain power very rapidly and was only able to swoop in with the intensity that that storm had because of the unusual heat. So thankfully, uh, this sort of event is going to be on its way out because our climate is cooling down and, <laughs> and, and getting calmer and more stable in more and more places. Uh, first thing I have to say is, I, as, as you're describing what happened to the girl, all I could think to myself was, "Oh my God, she just had the like the first person recreation of the opening credit uh, opening scene in Saving Private Ryan." Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, well, except I mean, just it, explosions on the beach and people scattering. Well, it's just and, that she didn't get because I thought when I was reading the article that she was going to say, and then I saw this kid get like struck in the eyes or something, you know. But no, she was just like, and I was all jacked up. Um, so I would think it's more like the opening to like, I don't know, the Bible, <laughs> like she just had a <laughs> flash and then everything is, um, pain and suffering. Uh, anyway, real quick, uh, not enough guilt. Nature's ass whooping part two. In oh, I realized <laughs> India, India. I, don't know why I just realized I was like, which one of these fits this category? Yeah. Oh, right. Phil's Phil's still on the train tracks. Get off, Phil. The train will be back. I'm rereading the headlines. You've only got six days and change before that train comes through again. Anyway, India, the state of Bihar, way in the east. Way in the east. Okay, we're way in the east of India. The Nalanda district. Meet Rama Mato. 65-year-old fellow with two loves, Phil. Two loves. Booze and street justice. (laughs) goes like this and if you're only just tuning in now it's perfect because phil didn't tip his hand to it at all i'm just saying it's all going to be a surprise to you uh if you did uh join us from the beginning you know where this ends and um i'm not able to give you a whole lot more logic but it is going to be fun to discuss in more detail booze and street justice never forget Uh, the rest is nice and quick i promise just you wait so Rama was sitting outside in front of his place in uh, Madhoda village and had a nice buzz going on too, evidently, when uh, every time, isn't it, a snake slithered by and bit Rama right on his leg, 
Damn! When I'm on the porch. Yeah. Every, every time. Night. Every time. If it's not carolers, it's snakes. <laughs> Things that don't just happen in the movies. Uh, now, the snake, as it turned out, was apparently a, a, a specimen called a blue crate. Are you familiar, Phil, with the crate snake? Uh, no, not as such, where I've never met one before. But okay. I know of it. You know of its work? Yes. <laughs> you, you, Especially you, here. Its contributions to the whip around. Uh, yeah, it's a wondrously beautiful. A lot of them have these, like, um, they all blue are. heads with these, like, red body, like this very lovely snake, an incredibly venomous and irritable uh, snake that's indigenous to Rama's region, and for a million reasons that we that would go into if we were a more, I don't know. Reptilian-based podcast? Well, I was going to say, or somehow more like, you know, civil engineering pod, but for many reasons, the snakes and the humans over there overlap more uh, than one would hope they would. But anyway, anyway, they are not to be taken lightly. Uh, but Rama, <laughs> wise on booze, he was always more interested in what, Phil? Street justice. Street justice. Even, than, even more than sanity. Even more than sanity itself. He snagged the writhing viper and decided to teach that fucking thing a lesson. And that lesson, you bite Rama, Phil. Rama bite you. Rama bite you. Quote. Mata, Mato, again, Rama, Mato. Mato managed to capture the snake and chewed on it. In a bid to take revenge. So in front of dismayed family members, Rama just chowed down on the crate, during which the snake, if I may be so bold, uh, figured, okay, we're doing this, and bit Rama on the face at least 10 times. So that's 11 bites minimum from the blue crate snake. Rama then, which I like this, Phil. Imagine yourself being drunk and angry enough uh, to bite a deadly serpent, okay? I don't think I would be, but I'll try. Okay, I'm just saying, get yourself in the most unreasonable place you can, right? And, and just imagine Florida? yourself imagine yourself there. You've chewed the know. snake. What do you do with it next? Throw it the fuck away. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Rama placed it, this partially chewed snake... On a tree. Like, he kind of draped it on a tree. Although, that could be the venom talking, you know? But put it on his tree, told his loved ones it was just a baby snake to calm down about the whole thing. It's not going to have venom yet. <laughs> uh, refused to go Did to the hospital. Did it have venom, Sean? Well, we'll let find out after this sentence. He refused to go to the hospital, which I think is interesting. He just went inside to pass out. In bed. Again, street justice and what, Phil? Booze. Right. Booze. Got the first part. So, so into the street justice. <laughs> well, just like Rama. He was so invested in the street justice, the booze thing had to show up sooner or later. So then the next morning, um, well, the snake for sure learned a lesson, Phil, but Rama won't be learning anything ever again, having forgotten the difference between a small snake and a baby snake, which doesn't always have a one-to-one -one ratio. So, they found him dead, and nobody wondered why. Cheers to Rama Snake Breath, Rama Drunken Biter, Rama Scale Tooth, Rana, Rama Venom Face, 
Ramalama Chew Toy. Death. Death. Death, Phil. Nature is fun. Your thoughts. Never get involved in a land war in Asia. Never get involved with the biting contest with a serpent. You know? Feels like it should be on that list somewhere. Other thing, I just like you said, like the snake, you're like the idea, like, well, I guess we're doing this. What is genuinely going through the mind of that of any snake at that point? It's like, oh, normally I do the biting. I guess I really <laughs> the only thing like, what the hell? This Mom, is look, I'm an Ouroboros. <laughs> yeah. Look, Ma, I mean, no yeah. end. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh I got what's coming to him. And uh, you know, to tie back to your original premise. We never think about just how awesome everything in nature is and how dangerous certain things are. Snakes, sharks, just beautiful, perfectly built killing machines. Well, also a clear, beautiful day can change very quickly. And if you feel when you see something like that, like, oh, well, I mean, it's not like it's going to. Yes, it could do that. Seek shelter. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, really, uh, you know, lightning strikes, yeah, so they are to a point survivable, but man. They can be. <laughs> That's just they, it. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Again, the, just the power of nature. <laughs> Here's your macabre button possibly for this. I'm gonna, uh, what, Bring it. Wouldn't the worst thing to show up at the kid's funeral be like, I, I got you this beach glass? Yikes! First off. I love the fact that that's what I was going to reference, too. I was going to say, like, I would have been looking for beach glass and would have tripped over the dead body. Everything would have ossified. No, wait, not ossified. Um, Vitrified. 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 Ossified Uh, would have been turning bone, which is a whole other cool thing. Well, I mean, I yeah. Okay, Phil. Uh, we'll we'll take you at face value and answer that question. That's probably on a a, high on the list of worst things to bring. Um, yeah. Another might have been one of those things that you put your hand on and your hair stands up. Like, look, electricity can do oh, cool. Vandegraaff generator. Hey, look, you guys. Look, I mean, you know, right? Right? <laughs> I'd like to think he was at least having fun with his hair. Right. For that fraction of a second. You know, right. come on. Silver linings. Too soon. <laughs> not, <laughs> not with that weather. There were no silver is it, is linings. Is it bad to make a cloud reference? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Let's go to break right now. Hey, citizen. Sean here, and I'm sitting with Phil against my better judgment. And we were just realizing that we should help you get in touch with us should you like to do so. If you have anything you'd like to tell us at all, you can always reach us by email, thewhiparound at gmail.com. We're also very active on Facebook and on Instagram, thanks largely to Phil. If you would be so kind as to share those posts, like those posts, send them to your friends, send them to your enemies, that helps us get into people's ears. Yeah, while we're at it, those reviews and not just stars, but also just comments and let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we love it. Yeah, and then of course, if you love us, you can always bookmark the whiparoundpodcast.com as your homepage and go there for all your whiparoundy needs. I haven't even done that last part. Well, we're going to go do that on Sean's laptop machine, and you come on right back to the show. All right. Well, Phil is going to sit in my lap, I guess. It's cozy. Amber? It's the amber color. It's caramel in the studio tonight. And we hope it's delicious wherever you are. We're back. Sean's commenting on the lighting in the studio. Right now, I'm at my own house, and... I have harsh underlighting. How do I look? Do I have weird shadows right now? 
You know, I think you want to have weird shadows. Still matters, damn it. You knew. You knew you look like something out of a fucking Peter Gabriel video right now. <laughs> that is extra funny to like three people. I know, and none of I'm them are of... none of them are listening to this show. <laughs> this is Phil, so fucked up. Phil, what we talking? What? Go easy on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, I just <laughs> I want to let you know. I can't. After what we were talking about in break, this is exactly what I have written. I think you're funny. Fuck I you, do. man. I do. Even apart from the show, I think you're a funny guy. All right, wait. Can we open the curtain a little? What I yeah, said to Phil when we went after- off, I was like, I was like, man, I'm really sorry. I just do not. I am not funny today. And, and, and Phil was like, here's my shit. It's coming up. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> I, I, do you think we're funny as a pair? Are you asking me or the citizens? Right yes. in the whip around at gmail.com. Yeah, like radio, right? Of now. course, I think we're funny as any kind of. You'd have to, right? You know, as any kind of broadcast, any medium, yeah. we'd be funny. Yeah. I like to think that we got a little confidence in ourselves. The good thing is we don't get in trouble when we try to be funny, but we're not, right? Yeah, no, no. We're not no, that, we're no, not that no, high no. up the ladder. No, bad news. Not according to a recent publication in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. Well, they can suck my buns. <laughs> well, here's what it is. And uh, first of all, let they me They can give me thing. ass hickeys. <laughs> Ew. Yummy, First yummy, of- yummy ass hickeys on my ass. <laughs> First of all, this is another case where I found the news article on it. I looked up a few others reporting on it, amalgamated what they had, and I only had access to the paper abstract. So I'm going to have some gaps in the methodology and things like that. <laughs> this is theoretical science. It still matters, damn it. I have most of it, I have the most of it, but not like the detail like I like to have when I'm coming in when I can read the paper and see the methodology and all that. It's Phil's dangling by a string theory. <laughs> um, Boom! Also, also, as bad as this is going to be for us, you and I, I just want to point out that before I say this, I am not like, oh, boo-hoo, we're men. It's hard for us. No, that I'm whacking my microphone. I, e equals MC minus. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Uh, women almost always have it worse than men in every way that matters. It pay inequality, gender discrimination, all of that. But from an interpersonal perspective, it seems that people are more likely to judge men harshly based on when they make comedic faux pas. <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah. Phil, we're already <laughs> in trouble. You had lit. Oh, no. No. <laughs> This episode explains why no one likes us. Oh, so, in no. the study, 5,400 participants were given stories. How many? 5,400. Okay. 5,400. 5,400. 5.4 times 10 to the 2. I'm what? giving you options, what I'm saying. What's the first one? They were given stories of either men or women telling jokes in either an office setting or on a date. <laughs> And those jokes are falling flat. So basically they're getting a story that's like, here's this transcript of a date. Here's this story. Oh, she was trying real hard. He was trying real hard with this joke. And like nobody was laughing, but he kept going. He kept trying to do this. She kept trying to do this, right? And then the participants that read these stories rate the fictionalized failed comedian on their likability. All right. I'm following. Are you with me on this? So it's transcripts of what apparently really happened. It would be like me 
going to Caroline after the show and telling her, oh, yeah, Sean was trying this thing and it just wasn't happening or he tried this joke. Here's this joke he said and it fell flat. Nobody was laughing. Like it, it would be the secondhand account, if you will. Of That's a, what's being evaluated. To the participant to evaluate. Yes. Right. Okay. Which I had to read a couple of sources yeah. to realize that's what was going on. That's so, unfortunately so hands off, but I, I I see what's going on. I th- I hope I think. What it's do is to not make it like a first person personal. This is being said to you. They want you to evaluate an, an objective, you know, other person. Yeah, uh, it's just too bad they couldn't witness the. Ex- you know. Well, anyway, participants revealed that the failed comedian men uh, participants perceived failed comedian men in the office as more unlikable than women who do the same kind of thing. And I should point out that in the stories that they were given, the only thing that changed was the gender, basically. So you've got this failed comedian in an office, and the participants are like, the dude's unlikable, the dude's unlikable, same exact story. The woman doesn't get knocked down as much. Now, here's the question for you. How do you think they, men and women compared when failing at humor on a date setting? Meaning, was it successful as a date? Like, were they rated as a good partner, or...? So same situations. The only thing that changes instead of the phrases, you know, in the office, oh. they were saying it was on this date. They were saying oh. this. So you're asking me how the men and women respectively yeah, were judged. How do you think they were judged I, on the date? I got to figure based on a, a, a thing we had talked about with like people evaluating humor before. Um, I got to figure that they probably didn't like anybody for trying to tell a joke or something, but I would think that the men would have scored even lower there than at the office. Interestingly enough, no, there was no gender difference in that situation. What? Now, here's the question. And I think you're going to like, I've got a macabre, I've got a macabre extrapolation in a minute. And I think you're going to like it. What is it you think is the difference? Why would the location matter? Well, is it consistent that the joke died or it's just, they all tried this joke and now you're going to hear how it went consistent that the joke dies so everybody man or woman joke dies either in an okay. office or on a date so there's okay. four four combinations in this punnett square if you will and what am i what am i guessing why do you think the location mattered why do you think it's like same stuff in the office men more unlikable same stuff on a date men and women just as unlikable <laughs> I'm not sure. Power politics may have something to do with it. Uh, the way that men at work uh, either all well, eat, uh, I don't want to get in trouble. The I'll way give it to you. Though. You know what? The way I'm they are or the way they're perceived. It's it's not necessarily cl- power politics is kind of a close thing. It goes with intention, and it turns out that in their explanations, participants said in either scenario that the women were trying to be genuine and connect with other people on a social level, either in the office or on the date. Men, however, when they failed in the office, were seen as trying to get ahead in the office, and therefore that failed attempt at humor isn't a bad joke. It's failed brown nosing makes them <laughs> that much more unlikable. Basically, women, however get a pass because no one thinks they're being devious and trying to shatter the frosted glass ceiling and they were just trying to be funny bless their hearts so two last things one, I like how you can make this the sexism that it is on both fronts i you're welcome it's it's yeah. hard to be sexist in both ways uh but i make it work so <laughs> you're burning yourself with that. candle wax at both ends 
<laughs> that was the BDSM show a couple weeks ago. Don't talk about that. Uh, so two last things. First, study points out this a pool, the pool of reviewers was North American, and therefore, of course, your cultures and mileage with the study and the results may vary. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they note that they were talking about jokes that weren't offensive. Okay, so you're not going to get a free pass whether you're a man or a woman if you're saying Fouch and Twiz Pipe in the middle of your jokes. Oh, God. <laughs> Unlikable. So that's what I got. Men, don't screw up your jokes in the office, but feel free to try, try to be funny on a date. Women, good news. No one will suspect you're telling the truth that you want some help to dismember your very recent ex-husband's corpse since your kids are super lazy. <laughs> uh, we all know how that shit goes. Well done. Exactly. I, I, I did like it. Apparently they can get away with it because nobody thinks they have those intentions, or at least in general, at least in this sample. Sean, thoughts on failed humor and gender inequality? I have a bunch, actually, uh, which I, so I'll, I'll have to pick a few. I'm going to say, first off, I wonder how the study would, you know, how the numbers would roll in were they to do this same thing, but instead of at the office or on a date, it's at a, at a crime scene. You know, it's at like a, <laughs> at a murder scene. Uh, Somebody tries to make the joke next to the body. Yeah, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm still not funny. But the other thing that I was thinking was that I have a lot of problems with this with this study. Kind of like with okay. the other humor one we did. I think anytime science starts getting close to the humor game. It makes me a little nervous, probably in the way that people get nervous when not people in sciences get nervous when like politicians start making decisions on science. Like it feels weird to me when science starts to try to crawl around in comedy. It's necessary, but it makes me nervous. Okay. This notion, though, that the jokes weren't offensive, as an example, is so amorphous and impossible to judge. And even just the material, never mind what happens when a joke changes with the with the the facets of whomever is telling the joke, right? Like the right, everybody can tell it in a different way. But what you have to remember, though, is is regardless of what the joke is, mm-hmm. it's still, you know, they told this joke, and it, you know, it's just text, and then it's and then you know, the, basically, right. it's like there was no. It's it's the reaction that's of the my people problem. they tell it to that that we're really gauging. But that's my problem that you you they can't tell the same joke. Because they're all going to tell it differently, which means it's mm. not. Which means you're injecting. There are so many variables. Is my point to to try to harken back to my tenth grade or eleventh grade science class. So it's the it's the insertion of those variables in any particular equation. I would think, or any particular experiment. The more variables, the more muddy the outcome or the range or whatever. Right. Sure. So and, when they and, do this and alter the experiences and alter the people and alter the audience, and blah, 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 it just feels like so much ice dumped on the floor around the diamond. Nice. Booyakasha. Where is that horse? Uh, <laughs> really, when you get down to it, really the, and I think we should close with this and then we'll play the game. But like, really, I see what you're saying. And I think there's something even more to it than that because really the the idea was that there were only four variables, right? It was well two really two genders, two settings, right? Those are the variables. But I think that you're also forgetting that, and this is why even a larger sample size is always needed when you're dealing with psychology because now you have 5,400 people. How many people heard the joke already? Had an association with it, and and that can bring some baggage to whether or not you're like well, oh no that was a genuinely funny joke he was trying to be funny i like the guy yeah no i'm not now, forgetting that i'm remembering now, that, that i that agree being said, 
That being said, I don't know the methodology if that was one of the questions in the questionnaire, like, do you know the joke? And then therefore they throw out people who had previously heard it. I don't have that data. I don't, I don't have that information. I want to be the guy who comes up with the, the like. The clean, horrible joke. No, no. One of the people who's like, you know, if you know them, you're out. Like, I want to come up with the filter <laughs> system. Uh, are you having a nice day? No, you're out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to do the filter question so that they go from how many? 5,400 to like six people. <laughs> Sean kicks everybody out. Right. Three of, Which whom, is good. three of whom are like, you know, the scientists, moms. <laughs> Which is good because it's time for just you to play Card Charts Humor Records Edition. Oh. Yeah. Comedy has been around for a long time, and when it's something that's done for that long, <laughs> Hot take. You, bet, you bet your ass that Guinness is going to stick its absurd little nose into things and try to get in on that action. i got a few world comedy records here, and I'll give you a number. You have to tell me if the actual record is either higher or lower than the given number. Wait, Are you ready to play? No. What did you describe Guinness's nose like? A little absurd, nose? Absurd little nose. They're absurd little nose. That's how I view Guinness. It's just interesting because normally anybody sticking their nose into something, we, you know, you try to say like you stick your big nose somewhere. Else. You're saying this absurd <laughs> little, little no. nose. I'm sorry. It's an absurd little nose on an absurd little podcast. I, I just really got distracted. You're welcome. You know what else has an absurd little nose? Not either of us, really. <laughs> A tiny horse. Oh, <laughs> it's better now. Right? Here we yeah, go. I'm ready to play. Sammy Hedberg holds the record for the most comedy shows performed in a single calendar year. Who? Is that number higher or lower than 250? Within one year, just just uh, got up is what we're saying, right? Yeah. Like got in front of people to do. Okay. Yeah. Not like spe like specials or something. Um, no. No. Who is he this, was by on the way? Sta on stage, guy named Sammy Hedberg. Not Mitch, Mitch, unfortunately. Okay, well, I'm going to say that it's higher. I bet you it's it's insanely high. I bet you it's scary high. 309. Dude, uh, uh, like stand-ups on fire just are uh, unearthly. Just, you know what? Don't work it. Put in the work. Put in the work. work apparently, he, he ended the tour that year on December 11th, which means he had like a whole other 20 days he could have worked. Damn. Well, well yeah. you know, typical comic is, of course, going to be like, yeah, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done on the holiday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you know what? I'm out. The longest continuous stand-up comedy show by multiple comics multiple? was achieved oh. in Nashville in April of 2015. I didn't know that was a thing. Was the total run time of that show higher or lower than 72 hours? Oh, no. I never even thought to... I thought for sure I had misheard you. So this is a non-stop thing or just a festival? Single, continuous, running. You're done. MC comes up, ringing the next comic. You're done. Bam. Ringing them. That's what they were doing. Higher or lower than 72. And, of course, it was a fundraiser. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That would have killed Bob Hope. <laughs> In about 90 minutes. Um, I... Oh, that's weird. I'll well, say, uh, again, because p people are nuts and comedians are nuts, I'll say it was even higher, Phil. 
Ooh, how much? 80 hours and five minutes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just one comic after another, just around the clock. I hope there was at least like one person in the audience who stayed through the whole thing who by the end was just insane. Who was just like, ah, <laughs> ah, And they had like the bug nets came out. How about the other side of the coin? Not time, but people. The oldest apparently people? The, apparently the comedy balloon event in Manchester, UK, October 2001 was rather large and set the world record for number of comedians in a single show in a single night with each performing at least two minutes of material was the number of comics that appeared in this and it is a long ass show higher or lower than 80 okay how long is said long ass show they basically had one night uh as near as i could tell it was a couple hours at least two minutes. See, I'm not the mathematician to quick bust out like how what that would equal, like how many people could feasibly go. What's, your, and, like, what's your maximum? If they all took two minutes or whatever. Um, nevertheless, you know, you might be getting cute, and I just got I got two right, correct so far. Yes, you're. Yeah. That f- fuck that. Maybe Phil's on some fucking theme. Higher, Phil. I bet it was higher. Got it. I'm on to you, you bastard. One hundred two. One hundred two. This was in an English-speaking thing, by the way? What was this? Yes. Uh, This was the Comedy Balloon event in Manchester, UK, in October of 2001. Oh, no wonder we don't hear about it that much, huh? Yikes. Uh, Oh. Yeah. Well done. All right. I rattle off headlines, but I can't hold a candle to Clive Greenway, a comedian and magician from Poole and Dorset, UK. He holds the world record for most jokes in a single minute. Now... The jokes have to have had at least one line of setup and a punchline and be recited from memory. How many jokes did he cram into a single minute? Is oh, wow. it higher or lower than 40? 40? What? I'm just like, I'm, uh, the, the, the interesting thing for me is picturing someone basically, you know, sitting there in front of a Guinness person, you know, who's got the little counter in their hand, just... How the chicken across the road? How do they? Knock, knock. Who's there? Like, yeah, exactly. Again, I don't have your type of math skills to be able to ballpark something like that. Forty is the magic number. Yeah, forty is the magic number. Higher or lower in a minute? Higher. No, that one was lower. Uh, okay, 26. okay, fine. How many? Twenty-six only. I'm still very impressive. All right, still okay. Good. I just want I'm checking you for themes. I knew it was. I figured it must be for themes. I'm checking you for themes, buddy. If it was all frisk for themes at the podcast. Yeah. So you're not playing like, you know, real or bullshit, all reels edition. (laughs) I've been burnt before. (laughs) I was going to say, you've hurt me in the past. Penultimate question for you. Packing them in. The largest audience ever assembled for a comedian was for Mr. Mario Barth in Berlin back in 2008 at the Olympus Stadium. Never heard I'm of him. I'm assuming Stadium. Never heard of him. Sounds like a hack. How many people ostensibly were laughing together that night? Was it higher or lower than 75,000 people? What? Single largest audience ever for a comedy show? Berlin at the Olympic Stadium, basically. Was it higher or lower than 75,000? What year? 2008. What's this fucking guy's name? Mario Barth. Apparently he's big in Berlin. Yeah, you've or been he, to Berlin. Or he, had a, or he bombed. You, you've been to Berlin. You, you should know this. I wasn't in Berlin. I was in Germany. You know this. I was in Germany and I was the... Small country. <laughs> easy. <small to> <laughs> Fuck you, Germany, right? You're small. Um... <laughs> 
no, he I, laughs I, knowing how large the fucking place is. Go I, on. I was in Bavaria and it was lovely, as were the people and the beer. Um, seventy-five. Fat. That. I mean, you can. Uh, if you get like wrestling in town, you can get that kind of crowd. <laughs> um. Damn you. You know what? Fuck it. I get higher. I'm a maniac. Higher. Lower. 67,733. Well, he's a hack. I told you. What a loser. Okay. And then finally, I don't, I didn't realize I just did this. I only have six. So if you bomb this, you tie. Congratulations. That would be stand up comedian material, right? Yeah, absolutely. Here's your, here's your tiebreaker. Actually. Aspirational question. The longest on screen comedy duo partnership. Was between whom? Is this over a course of time or one event on stage? Over a course of time. Okay. So a comedy duo. 33-year career. This is your tiebreaker in case you need it. Comedy duo, 33 years. Who was it? Oh, it's probably someone really recent, and I'm going to fuck this up. Tom and Jerry. Don't. I'm kidding. Are they exclusively, like, a comedy duo? Pretty much. Pretty much? Pretty much? I can't think of anything they did that was serious. Okay. You know, okay, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to act, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get smart now. Like, I'm going to try to be a smart guy now. I'm going to try to, you know, use my brain. that. I know. It's not going to work. Watch. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Lucy and Desi. I'm going to say uh, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz. An absolutely excellent guess, thank but you, no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but no. Laurel and Hardy. You know, I thought it was too obvious. Shit. No. Include now here's the question for you. So now you could end up at a tie. Good work. Where are they now, huh? Dead. Uh how many times did the pair work together over their thirty three year career? So how many films and shorts in thirty three years did they appear in together? Is it higher or lower than 99 times? Would you know this? Offhand? No. I would have made a guess at a do you, number. Do you think your guess would have been right in this game? Right. Would you have won this game? No. <laughs> if I If I was playing, what do you call it? If I was playing Price is Right, I would have lost horribly. <laughs> It was, I was way over, I guess. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to say 33 years. 33 years. I'm gonna higher st- or lower? I, I guess. films and short films. I'm going to stay nuts, Phil. Higher. Oh, I survived. 106 films and short films more than any other comedy duo in history. Did they hate each other? Are they one of those? No, but my understanding of the history of that was Hart, Oliver Hardy was like the sweetest guy in Hollywood, like the nicest person in the world to work with, despite the fact that he was always playing the curmudgeon. Mm. Yeah, I know what that's what do you call, like. I, will, I know what I will, that's like. Yeah. <laughs> I will watch, uh, what do you call it, uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers every Christmas. That yeah, is my I, favorite. I love that. I've never seen them like do much of anything um, besides... What do you call it? March of the Wooden Soldiers? No. Uh, oh, wait, is that even them who does who's on first? 
No, that's Abbott and Costello. Yeah. No, what am I talking about? Laurel and Hardy. Are we're going to we're going to help Sean's classic comedy brain kick back on. And uh, you go watch some Laurel and Hardy. You can find them on YouTube. They're fantastic. You won't regret it. We'll be right back. It's all the same. They're all white guys. Yo, Philly. Are you tired of sports talk radio? Are you tired of trivia Wednesdays? Morning bitch and complain lines or afternoon sound offs. Give Potadelphia a try for a refreshing look at the goings on for the Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, and 76ers. I don't have a button. Get back here, big sexy, with your ever shrinking neck. Kate says it looks smaller. I wish, again, I fucking wish I was there. I would give you feedback on your waddle. Yeah, why the fuck are you doing this? I don't know. Well, let's try to get through it quickly so we God can figure out what's wrong it. with you. Uh, we are back, incidentally, and it is now time that we are back to do, Welcome since we are back. Three for the road! That car. time of the show, we talk about things that are uh, burning a hole in our, our, our brain, because Phil's focused on his car troubles. So. Shut up. I can't shut up. It's a podcast, oh, yeah, and it's very urgent that I talk about that, those news stories for 30 seconds at a time, see, Phil. And when that 30 seconds is over, you're something a little bit like this. Which is time to shut up and move on to the next person. That was Bell, the uh, understudy for uh, Desi, by the way. Desi, are you here? <laughs> Where the fuck is she? There she hey. is, the little minx. Anyway, we do that three times a piece. Go through that weird news story real fast and stuff like that. Then that's it. That'll be their show. And then we'll do some plugs. And then we'll get the hell out of here. And Phil will be here another time. Next time. Next time. I hope. Next time. Next time. Phil, you did a whole bunch of stuff there at the end of Act 2. Does that mean that you want me to go first in Act 3? Yes. Do you have any other questions for me? If you had a celebrity sound alike, who do you think it would be? John Turturro's mom. <laughs> Just go. In epic ways to skip a hangover news, Oregon's OSHA chapter, or OSHA if you're nasty, at work, has slapped the Dundee area winery with an $11,000 fine for quote alleged violations of confined space rules. Why, you ask? Well, once upon a time in February of this year, a winery worker crawled inside a 500-gallon wine storage tank to help transfer the sweet fermented contents into another tank. For whatever reason, winery workers opted to flush out the uh, remnants from said tank with a blast of nitrogen up top while the first worker was still in the bottom. First dude's oh. air was displaced by the nitrogen and he quickly died without even a mouthful of stolen vino for his trouble. I bet those winery owners feel all kinds of hungover now, huh? That's horrible. Don't should wow. be mad, bro. And I'll be watching this one news in a reversal of sorts. A Fairfield College professor is suing both a student and a university over a grade. Charlene McAvoy, the teacher of business law, gave a final exam worth 100% of the grade, which is horrible pedagogically, in mm. spring 2020, right when the big dub thing was ramping up and told students they had to mail it to her. Student mailed it on time but arrived late, resulting in a failing grade. Student complains to department chair, prof ordered to regrade paper anyway, gives kid a C minus. Kid still not happy, goes to the provost, <laughs> says he complained the prof gave him a worse grade, and the grade was changed simply to passing, agreeing the prof's grading was biased. Lots to chew on here. Was the teacher being unnecessary stickler during a pandemic? Yes. Do move were the rules laid out and did the kid miss a deadline also yes but did the university go over prof's head and change a grade without involving them in the process it seems so and the result the prof is suing the school for defamation is seeking an order prohibiting school officials to change the grade as well as unspecified monetary damages i want it that's the win <sighs> and then oh. it's tomorrow news uh one peninsular michigan community is being positively pounded with controversy over the noble sport of pickleball critical townsfolk say the oddball little amalgam of ping pong tennis badminton and gay porn i made one of those up just makes too much damn noise with the wooden paddles and perforated polymer balls just pick 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 picking for hours on end when the pickle paddle and pressure hit one town leader balls hit the fan quote city manager jordan stachina had suggested ending games at 6 p.m but 20 players attended a recent council meeting to object say news sources who add that the curfew idea is dead but some of michigan's best and brightest advice 
advised sagely that, quote, every recreational activity has noise and suggested softer paddles in the face of angry residents. And man, it's like I always say, you can't fight Pickle Hall. And did no one Google this news? The Cleveland Indians have long since dropped their awful racist mascot are finally taking the step mm-hmm. to change the name to the Cleveland Guardians. Very cool name cool. based off some gorgeous Art Deco statues that are on the bridges, uh, one of the bridges called the Guardians of Traffic. Great choice. Fabulous announcement made. Sizzle reel. Tom Hanks narrated the thing, so we're all set for next season. But there's one small problem. A men's roller derby team already has that name oh, and no. the Cleveland Guardians website. Are you kidding oh, me? All no. the focus groups, the polls, the questions you asked, and not one person stood up and said, hey, that's already a thing. Did you even google it to check clevelandguardians.com is a roller derby thing silver lining of course says the roller derby is in the spotlight and the real guardians can make bank get it if they sell and settle the name and in no country for old kimchi fans news alas a south korean man is not to show for his very near scrape with a small fortune the unnamed fellow was shopping for a used kimchi fridge recently which i guess i get the uh, the stuff is pungent keep it separate keep it safe anyway he bought a decent one online for a reasonable amount finally had it delivered and before getting all fermented cabbage crazy he smartly gave the fridge a bit of a cleaning and that's when he discovered the equivalent of quote one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in cash taped to the bottom the jeju island resident promptly called the cops which yeah i guess i mean i guess hitmen are scary so you should probably do that per sk law if the cash can't be traced back to an owner and it wasn't involved in a crime the buyer gets to keep the cash though so now shady oh. folks and cops just need to pass on the money and you'll be in kimchi for life son i'm rooting for him and finally in <laughs> go away or i shall taunt you a second time news mm. anti-vaccine protesters stormed the bbc headquarters and old television center in west london last week they blamed the bbc for promoting vaccine and wanted to show that they were angry at that i guess anyway small flaw in the plan there the bbc had moved out of that office in 2013 <laughs> and has been converted to apartments and such now the bbc does retain a small studio space but it's for morning talk shows but clearly not what the protesters wanted to see uh to quote charlene white co-host of loose women whose show was on the air when the moronic mob marched quote not sure what protesters were hoping to achieve but all they would have found was me jane naughty and penny on loose women talking about the menopause a small group did march the five miles across to the town to the correct location but you know all this could have been avoided if they'd just done their research Boom. the stupid never fails does it it's uh <laughs> no it's the one thing that we can count on which is why this show's been going for four years it's an ever-flowing <laughs> spring uh that, unfortunate that all these people are peeing in for us thank you ever so much the gene pool <laughs> is destroyed but the whip around goes on apace uh phil do we have anything we want to plug yes i'll start by plugging the magician's assistant etsy shop and facebook page the redheaded tailor He's on instagram his wife. i was gonna do that later he's plugging his wife <laughs> and i'm gonna plug her as best i can damn it Costumes, mm, gotta ask if you want something in time for uh, Halloween parties. <laughs> you but, got the uh, honk. Phil gave me the honk. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> costumes. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the pump the brakes on that request. But ask <laughs> anyway, you never know. Um, otherwise, jewelry, all kinds of things. There hopefully will be a craft show also if you're local to the Lehigh Valley at the beginning of December. So something else to keep track of and uh, look forward to possibly. But more details on that later. You know, when she's not working for the New York City Ballet. Broadway doing the level talent. Caroline is ballet. Sean, do we have anything else we should plug? Do you like good sports? Because... I like apple. Oh, God. No. 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 You are not eating while I'm doing this because the integrity of sports is important to me, theoretically. And because I theoretically think that, I theoretically listen to Podadelphia 
the uh, nation's only and, and, and greatest and wonder bar sports podcast with a Philadelphia kind of bent. It is, uh, it's an active show. It's a funny show hosted by three of the best folks I have ever listened to, theoretically. Dave, Sarah, and... And they come out with their new product every Wednesday in the morning because all the best podcasts come out on Wednesday morning. And they're also yeah. on the YouTubes, the Painted Lines Proncast channels. I don't know. Painted Lines. You'll find it. I promise. Yeah, Fucking just search Painted Lines. Just, just do it. Just do it. Do that. Put your cup on first. Right. Now put my cup on. <laughs> Over that one. Right. Anyway, Phil. Yes. Is there anything else we wanted to do before we go? No, just to thank everybody. Uh, I, I feel like I don't say this enough. Just straight up, thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you for listening and tuning in. Oh, we that. really appreciate it. That. We genuinely do. Right. You know, uh, honestly, if you share the post and like the post, it helps us out. We appreciate that even more. But hey, just being here. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We love you. And you, and you, and especially, especially you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. We should have a kid's show. Really freak them out. <laughs> what? Hi, kids. Death. Death, death, Phil. Nature is fun.